Welcome, everybody. It's time for the Lincoln Law Pod. We discuss The Lincoln Lawyer on Netflix, season one. And we're so excited. The news is around that it has been renewed for season two. But we're talking about season one. Tonight, specifically, episode four, titled Chaos Theory. It was written by Chris Downey and directed by Bill Delia. And I'm here with Judge Jay tonight. What's up, Jay? Jay. Guilty. I, I still don't have a gavel. I, that it. was my next question. Oh. I, was, I, I wondered if you you made a purchase yet. So I suck. I suck. Uh, I'll check with you next time. Got to get on that. Yeah. So we got a lot to discuss tonight, Jay. This episode is jam packed with storylines and turning points and pivotal moments. It's just there's so many moving parts. Would you agree? Gosh, yes. Like there is there a dull moment at all? <laughs> no, like, really. No, this is not a dull show for sure. Otherwise, I don't think we'd be podcasting about it. There's no filler. There's no no nonsense. No. Uh -uh. You got to be ready. So we'll discuss the episode, talk about the big things that happened. We have some questions for each other. We always like to highlight who we thought had a really pivotal role in the episode. But at the end of the podcast, the last portion is our discussion with showrunner Ted Humphrey. It's just a great opportunity to to pick his brain and get some more details about things that happened in the episode. Or maybe. yeah. So let's jump right in, Jay. I mean, the truth well, is, we we finished off last episode. Mickey was firing bullets at a door, trying to scare this guy away that was following him in the parking garage. Calls Griggs. Griggs is about to rush over. Tells him to put the gun down. You don't need to be holding the gun. But it turns out the whole thing's a setup. Right. A setup from the get-go. What in the heck, Griggs? How can this be? And it doesn't take Mickey long to figure it out. You know, Griggs does. He shows up, you know, he sweeps the area. Everything's okay. He wants to know right away, Mickey, what do you know? What's going on here? You know, what else do you know about Jerry? You know, this is getting dangerous. What else do you know? Well, it turns out that's that's really what the whole thing was about. was Griggs trying to find out what Mickey knew, but... Mickey doesn't see it at first. He does figure it out, but he's going to go get some late dinner at Taylor's on 8 Steakhouse, and he invites Griggs to join him. Mickey goes on over to the restaurant, does some thinking, looking at the photo, puts some pieces together, and confronts Griggs when he gets there. He's like, I know you saw the lights coming on. You knew that's Mm -hmm. when you want the guy to follow Mm -hmm. me. You didn't give the photo to anybody else because you really only wanted me to see this guy, what he looked like, and think that he was following me. You got there quickly because you'd been waiting and watching. And what he says is, you used me to smoke smoke out a leak. Yep. Because Cisco had a contact at the LAPD that was passing along some information. And when he asked about this photo, all of a sudden the LAPD contact had no more information. So Mickey believes that this staffer in the LAPD went to Griggs, asked about the photo to get some more information. And then Griggs knew, wait, nobody else is supposed to know about this photo, who you've been talking to, and so on. So Mickey lays it out there. You used me to smoke out a leak. Well, yes and no. (laughs) It turns out the smoking out the leak was a byproduct, sort of a lucky byproduct for Griggs so he could get his group under control there and stop leaking information. That, that just happened by chance. But Griggs admits that he was trying to get more information from Mickey. Thought, you know, a little bit of scaring, jarring might encourage him to speak up a little bit more. But or Mickey, encourage him to shoot up a building. Exactly. Well, and that's one of my questions later on. You know, 
this could have gone sideways in so many God, ways. Yes. Oh my god! My husband is, is watching now, and and he's bringing that up with me last night. Like, isn't that dangerous? With, with that 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 ploy, that ruse, that could have really gone wrong. Someone could have really been hurt. And yes, thankfully, all we've got is some damage to the to the office. Which, if you thought someone was after you, even mm-hmm. if you weren't going to shoot at them, Tracy, aren't you going to be on edge and prepared to do something? Yeah, yeah. Like, hello. And obviously, if you have someone that's after you, okay, Uh quote uh unquote, after you, you probably tell people close to you who are now also on edge. Somebody might have a gun. Somebody might have a knife. Somebody might just be ready to start throwing. Like anything could have happened to you. Right. I mean, I. Someone could have had a heart attack or something. And I don't say yep. that lightly. You know, if someone's really scared, yep. you know, yep. you got to think about that too. It just things like that. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. And, and what's even crazier to me is that they have this conversation at the restaurant. They get it, they lay it all out on the line. And Mickey says, I could call the chief of detectives and have your job taken, you know, right now. Get you, you know, right. But even still, Griggs has another plan. Do you want to talk about that other plan, Jay? Wants to now not listen. <laughs> First, there's the setup. Then there's the shots fired. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to be like the guinea pig. The guinea, yep. You're going to be the bait. Let's put you out in the open and let's see what comes after you for real. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and somehow Mickey must be the nicest guy in the world or, or really just dedicated to figuring out what's going on here because he agrees to it. And so Greg says, you know, he'll have SIS on him, watching him, surveilling him, but he wants him to mention out there in the open that they've got their bases covered, that they have information backed up because apparently when they, when the, the killer took the laptop, took Jerry's bag, you know, they're finding things that are missing and they're like, man, I wonder if that was in Jerry's bag. I wonder if the continuance that he was going to file was in his bag. There's obviously stuff in his bag. And so the, the killer may think that they have it all, but if they say, oh, you know, we're covered, we've got all our evidence, you know, any information that may have been stolen from the original attorney, you know, we have all that backed up. We're in good shape. Then that might smoke out other people. Killer. This is too nefarious for me. Yeah, nope. I know. Mm-hmm. It's scary. Mm-hmm. It's scary. But Mickey goes along with it and he does it well. He takes that little interview, I guess, outside the courthouse, maybe. Oh, and he's all like, yeah, I got yeah. everything I need. What are you talking about? Don't worry about it. Yeah, Go no ahead. Come after me. I don't mind. I'll shoot back at you. But oh, it goes crazy. back to his his own advice. Fake it till you make it, you know? True story. He knows story. how to, to put that show on to make it believable. So, yeah, so that, that message is out there. So we're going to see who's going to take a bite. But meanwhile, Mickey has to get on with another case. Another client, Lorna is in the hallway. She's talking to the landlord and boy, she's given them an earful because they're trying to tell her that Mickey and company owe them for the damage to the office. And she's like, no, 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 no. You didn't have good security. We wouldn't have had to, to do this. And she talks about filing a suit against them. You know, she puts it right back on them. They call she's back. She's a smart look, cookie. She is. She is. They call back later and they agree to pay for all the damage. And Mickey praises Lorna. He's like, oh, you you know, you really would be a good lawyer. And Lorna kind of has this, you know, little twinkle in her eye. And we're starting to think, wait, does she want to be a lawyer? 
you know, what, what's her, yeah. maybe she has, you know, she does have some skills here. Obviously there's the wheels are turning throughout yeah. um, the court cases with Sam scales and he's a oh, character. Lord, this guy, what in that <laughs> man, he's a thief. He's a thief, but he's not mean spirited. And I don't know what to do with that because it's hard to hate him. <laughs> but but he's stealing money from innocent people but he's kind of funny he 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 doesn't he's not trying to hurt people <laughs> but um dude I, is he's up for fraud and while in court he's committing further fraud exactly like- <laughs> yeah that he's got some kahunas for sure because Mickey calls mm. him out on that. So yeah, Sam is, he's, he's told us he's great with the computer skills. In fact, he even tries to barter with Mickey. Like uh, secretly. I like him. Yeah, I, I know. Like him. That's what I'm yeah. saying. I can't, I can't help, but be a little fond of him. I, I want to see more of him. What's what's, you know, are we going to see more of this guy? It's just, it's just too, too interesting, but they're kind of in a, a standstill, but Sam scales cannot afford to, to wait much longer. Otherwise the FBI will get involved and he could get convicted for wire fraud. His story could just get worse and worse. So he, he better get his, uh, he better get his act together there. But yeah, you know, last week was it, we met Kim Wagstaff. We've met Terrell Coleman, of course, Izzy. We met her through a case. Mm-hmm. Finding some interesting characters throughout Mickey's work, aside from Trevor Elliott. Got lots of other business going on as well. So let's touch base with Maggie. She's uh, at the bail hearing for Soto. Angelo Soto, who is accused of human trafficking, and we talked, you know, how difficult it is to talk about this story and what he's being accused of, and certainly she thinks there should be no bail based on what he's done. But the judge goes with two million. He wears an ankle bracelet. It's just, it's, it's tough to watch because he's just, you know, totally denying everything. But out in the hallway, we see Detective Lankford again, and he and Maggie have a discussion. And apparently, the night before. Langford had law enforcement go in and raid the facilities and scare the crap out of everybody. Mm-hmm. And Maggie didn't know about this. And I, and I wonder why. I don't really know how that works or what the protocol is. But, you know, she basically tells him, couldn't you have done this a little more quietly, a little more subtly, because everybody's going to clam up. And then she wonders if her witness is going to have second thoughts about, you know, hey. testifying. So yeah, you it, keep pushing those buttons. Yeah. Good. And I kind of see her as, you know, a grinder that's, but, but, but also that's been carefully putting this case together. Yeah. And then he just seems more erratic. Don't you think? Yeah. He's very aggressive where I think she's more methodical, you know, yeah. like we got to do it right. Let's do it the right way. And I think we're talking about human trafficking. Yeah. I think you got to make sure those right. I's are dotted and T's are crossed. Yeah. So yeah, it's crazy, but her worst fear is starting to come true she thinks because she's getting a call from this david laresca who is her star witness that we saw in the grand jury and he wants to talk to her so she's she's wondering is he is he trying to back out well sure enough he's getting scared for his family even though there's relocation the rest of his family is there he feels like they're going to know it was him that talked and he just feels in danger so i mean that feels like a a lot of pressure on this guy yeah and it's almost no win. Yeah. You're doing the right thing and it does it get you anywhere. Yeah. Right, right. Can he can he go through with it? And and how does she feel about putting him in that situation? Now he agreed to it, but still if this is what she's trying to make happen so that you can put this bad guy away, but there're just so many other pieces on the board that are are affected. So, you know, she tries to encourage him say, "Hey, this case is going to go away." If, if, if you don't testify, they're just going to drop the charges. Again, pressure. <laughs> it's pressure. Lots of it. 
Yeah. So as if Mickey hasn't been busy enough already in this episode, he has to head out to the mental health hospital in Silmar to visit Eli Wims. Now we notice at the end of the last episode, September 6th, same date, nope. same date for the arrests of Eli Wims early in the morning. And then Trevor Elliott later in the morning. And Mickey feels like this is somehow related to the magic bullet. He's got to find a connection here and uncover what's going on. Meanwhile, he's trying to get in touch with Trevor, who's hard to get in touch with. Uh, his game's coming out. He just, this guy just, he's always too like busy him. for anybody. Yeah, I, don't like yeah. Him. I don't care what your reason is. You're going to go to court and get your jury put together in a few days. That's pretty important. But yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's not returning calls. But at the mental health hospital, Mickey does talk to Wims. It does not go very well. I was going to say, he talks to him, but maybe not so much the other way around. Exactly. Exactly. It, straight up, Wims doesn't want to talk. He says, you know, Jerry promised to help me, and now I'm just ending up here stuck. And then Mickey says, well, hey, we're shooting at a lot of people. And that's when he bangs on the table. And he says, no, shouts it really loud. And the guard comes over, and Mickey's like, no, 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 it's okay. And he, Wims takes this opportunity to say, hey, you know, I was a sniper, I've got skills. And if I was planning to shoot someone, you know, it could have happened. Nope. So we hear you, we hear you. So kind of like, why, you know, why was he just shooting randomly? Because you know, like you said, he probably could have done a lot more damage than he did. And sure. now he's stuck in this hospital. So he, he just doesn't want to talk to Mickey unless he gets him out of the hospital. He's like, you get me out of here or no talking. So successful visit, Jerry. <laughs> Maybe if you don't rank uh, success very highly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd say not so much, except that Mickey knows what's on the table. He knows what has to happen to get him to talk. You know, at least he is clearly aware of In that. some progress, but certainly not a success. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about Bruce Carlin a little bit. He's been gone AWOL, I guess, and nobody knows where he is. Even left that beautiful Corvette behind. He is trying to yeah. stay under the radar. What do you think is going on there with Carlin? Okay. Guys, he's so suspicious to me. Like, mm -hmm. I want to I wanna like the guy, but, right. you know, and now he's kind of not, I mean, maybe not really on the run, but he appears mm -hmm. like he's on the run. Yeah, and for yeah. what reason? Like, if you're, if you're not a bad guy. Right. Then what? Why aren't you in this? Like doing something? Wouldn't <laughs> yeah. you be doing? I don't know. Yeah, he's totally on the fringes. It's very mysterious, and it raises more questions than, than answers for sure. But he's outside this convenience store where he's buying an interesting combination for for snacking, um, like snack cakes and liquor. Um, me. Yummy. I mean, it works. <laughs> yeah, it's I a mean, little weird together, but hey, I don't judge, you know? Hey. Yeah. I mean, he, he's paying for it. So, right. yeah, it's just, I was like, wow. <laughs> interesting. interesting maybe if I was on the run, that's probably what I would pick up to a couple snack cakes, a bottle of liquor. I'd be all right for a couple <laughs> be all right for a while. <laughs> well, he gets this message on his phone. He gets like a notification about Mickey's interview saying that you know those files were backed up and this seems alarming to him we get that vibe and sure enough later he calls mickey and says what are you talking about backed up files jerry would never do that jerry's not a computer guy he said that it sounds like something griggs is doing he's you know carlin is very suspicious and he, he just does not believe the story and mickey's like well 
what are you not, you know, what are you not telling me? And he's like, well, I have to make sure it stays between the two of us. And he tries to set up this uh, private meeting up at Royce Canyon, 7 p.m. that night. Don't have anyone following you. So Mickey's got to figure out a way to get all this surveillance off of him and get to this meeting so he can maybe get some information about what Carlin knows about this whole thing with Jerry. Because I, I would definitely say that Carlin is looking more and more nervous. Do you yeah. agree? Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. And, and, you know, Izzy's not privy to the whole conversation, but she hears him talking to Carlin and she's she's starting to get nervous. She knows, yeah, I get it. I you get know, it. She, she gets a vibe yeah. and, and she's worried for him, but he plans to do it. That's the plan. Uh, a couple other things happened. A lot of time in the car in this episode. So at one point, Izzy's asking Mickey, is there any chance that Trevor's really innocent? Does that ever happen? Do you ever get clients that are actually innocent? And then that's where we learn a little bit more about Jesus Menendez. We don't know about Trevor. Uh, Mickey doesn't know about Trevor. He doesn't want to know. He told Trevor, I don't want to know, you know, if, if you did it or not. But he knows, at least to his, his knowledge, that this Jesus Menendez name that keeps coming up, he's in jail for something he did not do. Apparently, you know, we, in the last episode, we heard Lankford filling Maggie in that this guy killed prostitutes very brutally and or the, the killer and that he believes it was Jesus Menendez and yeah. then you know he's in prison but but yeah Mickey says there was a witness who who ran out on them that could testify that it was not Jesus Menendez so he calls it a unicorn when you've got someone that you're defending that actually is innocent and he believes this Jesus Menendez guy is and it's obviously it's come up multiple times it's obviously troubling to Mickey yeah. that this guy is you know in prison presumably yeah, it means innocent. something right? yeah yeah so they got to pull some moves to get to this Royce Canyon meeting with Carlin. So Griggs checks in on the phone with Mickey and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, done for the day. You know, I'm not doing anything else. I'm not going to a secret meeting, <laughs> you know, but Griggs reminds him that SIS will still be watching him. So they have to figure out a way around that. So we see Izzy leave in her car and you can see the SIS guys like undercover, you know, watching her. Okay, okay, they're watching her drive away. But uh, we don't we don't see Mickey's car come out. But you know that was Izzy, so that's okay. She pulls into an alley, and sure enough, Mickey's there, lying down in the back seat, sneaky, uh, sneaky, under a blanket. So she got him out without them knowing. And then one of the things that made me giggle the most in this whole season is when Mickey goes over to meet Cisco to get the ride to get a ride. And it's in Lorna's tiny little car. <laughs> and you got big Cisco in the front seat. Yep. This makes me giggle each time. So uh, Cisco is going to give Mickey a drive up there. And SIS is apparently none the wiser. But does Carlin show up for the meeting, Jay? Nope. No. No show. Mm -mm. It seems like Carlin was scared off somehow. So yeah, he thinks, you know, Carlin would have shown up early and, you know, maybe someone was there and that scared him off. We're not sure. But this meeting did not happen. So it's, it's very suspicious because basically Mickey followed the rules. He wasn't followed as far as we know. So they take a look in Mickey's car and Cisco decides to sweep it for bugs. And sure enough, we know one's there. We know dun, that. Dun, dun. Yep. And, but they find it. Now they're aware of it, but they're not going to take it out. Just leave it in case they might need it for some leverage or something. It's better for them to know it's there than for someone to, to know, yep. to know right. that they know. We could go down That's that rabbit hole. They don't know that we know that. They <laughs> <laughs> he also checks the office and thankfully there, there are no bugs in the office. No one listening to them there that he can tell. So Cisco is starting to wonder if Carlin's so hard to find. He's not showing up for this meeting. There's you know no record of him. He, he's got investigative skills. Can't find him. 
maybe he's using some other alias. And there's some with this guy, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. Meanwhile, soccer day, soccer day, Jay. Nikki and Maggie are on the sidelines. They're laughing and talking. Uh, Haley blocks a goal. She's looking good. And and even later on, we, we, we hear from Haley that we can tell that she was happy to see her parents getting along there on the sidelines. And that is good. You want them to be getting along, you know. Yep. But doesn't necessarily mean they're getting back together. So got to wait and see there. But we know that Coach Joe is also the prosecutor in the Eli Wims case. So it's what, a Saturday? But Mickey's going to talk shop. He's going to go over to, to Joe. And again, this fake it till you make it type of persona, he just lays it out there what he's going to do. He talks about all the good things about Eli Wims, the service to the country, how many lives that he saved. And he's like, I'm going to get all those people lined up in the courtroom. You know, you try, you know, try to fight that. She's like, and he's like, all I want, you know, we just need to get a better plea deal for him. We got to get him out of this hospital. He's working it. And then do you want to talk about the scene where she looks over and there's a, a ball that runs, that falls into the crowd. It just rolls yeah, what, right into the crowd. What is Sam doing at the <laughs> soccer game, Tracy? <laughs> Sam Scales is there. Oh, the, the funny thing about this for me, right, when it, when it like cuts to the soccer scene, I'm mm-hmm. thinking, oh, it's really weird to just kind of see him chilling. You yeah. know, he's on a soccer field, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then this all comes about. I'm like, okay, it all makes sense. He's yeah. he's still working. He's still yeah. doing. He's just not he's on his still, computer. Right, right. You know, this is I'm on a soccer field. Uh-huh, what a fake cave that is. Yeah, Sam is there on the sidelines in his nice little army jacket, whatever. What a what a setup to to bring him into everything. And uh, I think that's where we learned he's legit in the army. Yeah, and, he uh, was, yeah, where he where he learned his computer skills yeah. and became, I guess, the, the person that he is. So. And somehow, amongst all that, dishonorably discharged, yeah. but no, you know, yeah, kind of sour the story a little bit. But yeah, he gives that you know nice impression. We have you know there, we should have a great impression of our military, and he salutes the the, the kid that comes yep. to get the ball, and of course, that's all been laid out for Joe to see. Just enough to push her, you know, the right way. Well, he's working. And and it does work. Mickey's mm-hmm. able to, to get a deal. So he's got to go back to Wims and tell him that he'll probably be released after only serving a year of a four-year sentence. Wims is not satisfied. I mean, that was a, a big get, I think. But he's like, no, not good enough. And and then Mickey's just exasperated. He's like, how do you think you could fire all that ammo and, and nothing happened to you, yeah. you know? Right. You didn't hurt anyone, but how, how can you just go out and do that and think there's not going to be any issue? And he calls him back and they talk some more. And Mickey wants to talk to him about the Elliot file. And he tries to show him there's got to be some connection here. You were here. This is where this guy lives. There was a murder happening here. There's got to be a connection. But Eli, he doesn't know anything. So we're right. not we're not getting the magic bullet from his mouth. But furthermore, this was really sad, um, Jay, because Eli comes to the realization that Jerry, he just took over his case to try to, you know, for his own purposes for the other trial. Right. You know, right. Um, you know, he did take it over pro bono, but to, to learn that it wasn't just a matter of goodwill, that it was for yeah. you Some know, kind selfish of motive, reasons. Right. Yeah, motive, an ulterior motive. We, you know, we learned, you know, like, I think Joe had told him, but his wife kicked him out. He just wanted to blow off some steam. How did all this happen? Now I'm in this hospital, been drugged up for so long. And I know that my lawyer didn't even really want to help me out. That wasn't really his main goal. 
he was trying to help himself. So that, that hit me kind of hard in the episode. Yeah. yeah. There were some feels there. Yeah. I think Trevor does finally call Mickey back again. Mickey's trying to say, Hey man, you know, we got it. We got to get to work. There's, you know, jury's going to be selected that those are the people who are going to decide your fate. And he says he knows this and he trusts Mickey because he's innocent and Mickey's going to do a great job. And it's just like, come on, man. If I was going to trial for something that might put me in jail for three days, I would not be this calm, cool, like, I know you got this lawyer. No, I would be the one up my lawyer's butt, right? Right. Like, do more, do more. (laughs) And the time earlier when he, you know, we didn't even talk about when he ignored Mickey's call and didn't pick up. It's not like he was doing big tech stuff. He was flying his drone, you know, on the beach. You know, it's like, come on. How about your life is in the balance? Yeah. Let's get in. Let's get some engagement here. And Mickey says, whatever it takes, you got to free up your schedule. We have work to do. So, I mean, hopefully he'll get through to him. But yeah, it's just like all butterflies and rainbows, it seems, with Trevor. Like, yeah, we'll just go to court next week and we'll work it out. You'll do your magic. So, and, and, yeah, it's going to take some magic, I think, based on the evidence against him. We get to see Maggie and Haley after the game. They're kind of celebrating the good, the good outcome of the game. And Haley, you know, she does mention, hey, I saw you guys laughing, you know, and Maggie just sort of brushes it off. She doesn't want to get her expectations up. They're talking about their different jobs, prosecutor versus defense attorney. And Maggie's trying to make Mickey look good. And, and I do, I do believe that she believes he, you sure, know, he's, he's very sure. good at his job, yeah. but she doesn't want her daughter to think that, you know, he does not have a noble profession, but you know, they're having this nice conversation. And then she gets a call from Langford. Here's Langford again. <sighs> David Lareska has been shot. She goes to the scene. Langford said the police thought it said it was a carjacking, but Langford doesn't seem to think so. Maggie goes to David's side. She just, you know, wants to know who shot you can, you know, you know he's in dire straits here, you know, but she's trying to yeah. see if she can get the information from him. But he, you know, he begins convulsing. And right at that moment is when Haley walks up. It's just, it's bad all around. Nope. Not a good situation. We, uh, we lose David Lareska, star witness. Not only did Maggie lose him for the case, he died. That's really bad. Haley saw his final breaths. It's just turned out to not be such a great day. So they, they head home and later on, Haley's going to, you know, he's going to reach, she's going to reach out to Mickey to come over because Maggie just, I mean, I can't imagine how she, you know, if we yeah. talked about earlier about the pressure that you must feel like you're putting on someone and the pressure that yep. you feel. And then for something like this to happen. Yeah, that's, um, uh, there's, yeah, it's bad all the way around. It is indeed. Well, let's, uh, we're going to catch up a little bit more with Carlin before we finish up the episode and start uh, cross-examining each other. Lorna has done some good work because she's identified a client of Jerry's that was a John Doe and died of a drug overdose, but they had been doing work with him. There were checks written. They yep. know his name. Bruce Carlin knows this guy's name. Wayne Banks but when he when the when the cops took him in you know to the hospital and, and you know turned him over dead on arrival or whatever he was John Doe no one yep. knew so wow they just it, Carlin could have access to this whole alias what do you know Jay look at her figuring yeah. all that out man uh-huh. that's pretty badass 
because it's not like it jumped out at her. She started thinking of an idea right. and then and then pursued it. So yeah, I think I think Cisco's impressed. They call the bank. They're gonna uh, report a stolen debit card, and because they want to get purchase information, that this is how they can track. Carlin. They're going to track him as Wayne Banks. Where has his stolen debit card been showing up? Which we know is not really stolen, but so where has Carlin been shopping, eating, whatever the case may be? It's this Adobe market in Riverside, which turns out to be the same market we saw him at earlier. So good, quick work by Lorna and Cisco. Well done. Cisco on his motorcycle catches up to Carlin at the convenience store. He's just watching from a distance now. He, He watches Carlin come out. There's this woman passing by that is just really strange and obvious that she's just staring at her phone and and not aware of the world around her at all. But he comes on out. He follows Carlin in his car, gets pulled over for running a stop sign. Carlin, or quote, Wayne Banks, a.k.a. not Cisco. So Cisco sees him get pulled over by the police. They're asking for license and registration. You know, now we're going to have a conflict here because we've got, you you want Wayne Banks' registration or Bruce Carlin's registration. And also when he opens the bump compartment, there's a gun there. So this, you know, ups the alert with, with the police. The officer pulls his gun and demands to get out of the car. Cisco sees all this happening. He calls Mickey. Mickey calls Griggs. And all of a sudden we get Griggs on like with dispatch through to the officer saying, hey, 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 this is a person of interest in a homicide. Call him Bruce Carlin. He's using an alias. So when they do that, okay, calm down a little bit. When they do that, Bruce gets out of the car. He says he's going to cooperate. He just steps out of the road. He's going to explain the situation. And bam, Jay, I did this not happen. I, I, I was like, oh, you know, gasped out loud out of nowhere and this is not something clearly he would not survive and then sure enough who was in the car jay a woman that woman and she's probably texting you see her phone there on the seat so as she looks up to see what what she'd done you know and of course she's right distraught but like, man it, it, there's a lesson for you but i mean what else is going to go wrong at this episode again not making light of these people dying, David Loresco, Bruce Carlin, there sure. are deaths here, sure. but there is also information that has just gone out the window. Right. We got right. nothing. We got nothing now. Yeah. No, no more chance of getting anything from Bruce Carlin. Continuing back to square one over and, and over, over and over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we get a little bit of talk with Griggs and Mickey at the end of the episode, talking kind of about what their agreement was with trying to, to bait someone with the interview, but then we didn't get anything from Carlin because now he's gone. And Mickey says he doesn't know anything about Jerry, what happened, but he does know, he does, or he doesn't know why he was talking to the FBI because Griggs had let him in on that in this episode. But he does know that some suspicious large amounts of money, $100,000, I think, was missing from Jerry's account yeah. that they weren't able to account for. So Griggs knows he's been talking to the FBI. Mickey knows there's money missing. We're losing information and possible witnesses. They just can't figure out what's going on. Yep. But Mickey gets a call from Haley and she's worried about her mom, understandably, at the house, sure. what, they, what they've been through today. Yep. So Maggie is there. Mickey arrives at the house and of course he comforts her and, you know, she talks about how guilty she feels. And obviously she's just, you know, this is so tragic. She's very emotional and they almost kiss because that's what happens when you're trying to comfort someone and you're really emotional, but they don't, they pull away. But Haley sees this from, from back in her room, but he says, you know, he probably should go. He makes sure she's okay, but he probably should go. And he ends up at a recovery meeting where Izzy is saving a seat for him. And he introduces himself um, to the group as an addict. So with all this craziness going on, at least he's still taking care of himself in that way. So 
Yep. I, I am grateful for that. But I mean, could anything more have happened in this episode, Jay? I don't think so. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I don't think so. I, like, really, there's no filler. There's no downtime. There's no dull moment. There's mm-hmm. no, there's not 60 seconds of anyone seen that does not matter somewhere. Right. Like, you, you have wow. to pay attention. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't get up to go potty in this show. No, no, not without hitting pause. So we talked a lot about things that went wrong in this episode, Jay. Tell me one thing, one point of progress or something that went well. Oh, I mean, (laughs) that's that's a great question because really now that I'm consciously thinking about Uh it, all I'm thinking about are the terrible things that happen. Yeah, I would say Eli Wims. At least he got the a pretty decent. Yeah, piece there's of there's pretty something there. Yeah. There's something um, there. A reduced um, sentence. Uh, there's but there's still so many bad and sad things around that and unknowns. Again, he still right. thinks there's this connection. Right. I haven't figured it out. Yeah, I'm digging here for for good things. I would say Mickey showing up at the meeting was a good thing. I mean, that's a positive thing. Sure. That sure. works in his favor. But other than that, I mean. Yeah, otherwise I'm stretching. I mean, I'm thinking about Lorna who kicked some butt getting the the place fixed up and was able to dig out that information to figure out really what was going on with Carl, you know, but But as soon as she did, he's gone. And yeah, yeah, like really, shoo. And stress just talking about it again, you know, like shoo. There was something else I was thinking. Oh, I know. Duh. Jay, the soccer game. They won the soccer game. Yeah, that's right. Well. They weren't doing well. Yeah, yeah. you're right. So, kudos. All right, there's the, that. Yeah. Kudos for the soccer. But I, I mean, I think that's, I think that's about all we're, we're going to dig up. So hit me up with a question. It's time for cross-examination. Trying to decide which question I really want to go after here. Because I got a couple. Mm-hmm. Go maybe with the bigger one. You mentioned earlier in the podcast how last episode we met a couple of his cases and we're seeing these cases here. And I have no idea how many cases a a normal lawyer does Mm -hmm. at any one given time. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing about all of Mickey's cases is no one client is like another. No one charge is like another. They are all so very different with so many different ways of him having to kind of attack each of them. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't talk about Trevor too much, which is obviously the the bigger case Mm -hmm. of, of all of them. But when does that become too much how do you yeah. know and yeah. like you know we're we're almost halfway through this season now like is this too much especially yeah. for a guy that's just coming back into anything and we're seeing all these different cases and people and charges and yeah i mean we the we hear through lorna that he kind of thrives on this it seems crazy to us but you know she says anything better than you know a fight is a fight with one hand tied behind your back. So I do think that he kind of feeds off of the energy and the juggling, like somehow maybe like, you know how he likes riding in the car and the motion yeah. and all yeah. that. And I, I think there's something sort of yeah. related to that, even that, that he just needs things in motion a lot. Go, yes. Not that he needs it, but, but he can deal with it. He works well sure. within that sure. type of environment, but no, I mean, personally, I'd be like, I, I don't know how much more you can take of this. We're just going to have to, 
pick one. <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy. I, I don't you know, know. And, and obviously he's handling it well. And I, and I know that he's handling it well, just because take the Greg thing, for instance, he's not mm-hmm. overloaded to the point where he couldn't figure out what was going on there. So right. I know he's handling it well, but where, where does it become too much that right. something breaks down somewhere? Yeah. Well, cause you have to wonder too, like we talked about positive reasons for him liking the busy schedule and all the juggling but what if some of it is hiding something else? Like, you know, we right. keep hearing this Jesus Menendez case. Right, coming up. Right, Obviously right. it's taken a toll on him. Right. It's a distraction. That's the word I'm thinking of. Sometimes does he perhaps use all the busyness and the juggling as a distraction from things that, you know, he's feeling and dealing with that he doesn't really want to deal with or can't right. deal with right now. I mean, it could that could even apply to the stuff with Maggie and Haley and their family unit. And you can tell he wants to, you know, get closer together. No, you're hundred percent right. So that that's the, yeah, I think he thrives on it and it works for him, but could he possibly be using it to, you know, to distract from other things that are important? No, that's a good, that's a good question. A question for you, Griggs, obviously when we start on the episode and we, we find out about this setup, he just continually seems to have a hard time trusting Mickey, but we've seen him in his cases. We've seen his devotion to his clients we've seen that he has not broken the law even you know he does these out of the box kind of it's legit yeah it's legit you know and so i mean he seems like a trustworthy guy what why is griggs having such a hard time trusting mickey does he just i guess he just doesn't know him but it's not like i think it's because you can't trust griggs and if you can't (laughs) trust griggs then he probably can't trust others i mean listen Look at look at that whole setup that he did, and then uh-huh. after the setup, used the same setup to put him under the gun as the guinea pig. Like I think it, I think it comes down to trust. He's a shady dude doing shady stuff, and yeah. even though that's all legit, and he's got a good reason for doing all of it, and you know, like he knows it's it's kind of skirting that line a little bit. So that's why he can't trust a defense mm-hmm. lawyer who's slick in his own right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Cause if he's, if he's being just sort of shady, like you said, I guess that's what he expects from other people as well. But it just, it, the same thing can be said for Mickey. He, he maybe does he tend to be too trusting? He did trust the picture, but like we just said, we think he seems like a pretty trustworthy guy. So again, projecting who you are on someone else. I just, I was like, come on, man. Seems like a good dude. Why are you so skeptical? Do you have another question for me? Carlin's as bad as I think he was. Is he as bad as you think he was? Just don't trust that guy. And I realize he's now kicked the bucket, but is he as bad as I think he was? Or am I I just... You know, I tend to be naive about some of these things, but I, I just... I didn't get that vibe. I felt like he was in the middle of something and trying to maybe do some good if he could safely do it without hurting himself. But again, for whatever reason, he didn't show up for that meeting. And you know, obviously he's in hiding. So I, I don't know. I, I still think, I think he's in the middle. Oh, of you, you have to see the good in people. I have God. to see the good. Ugh. I'm not saying he has, you know, he's clean. I know, I know. But I feel like he's, he's torn. The other one I was going to ask you, we talked a little bit about this with Langford and Maggie. He, like I said, he just seems more erratic 
and she's more detail oriented, going through, you know, protocols, uh, very organized deadlines and all that. You know, when there's a sense of urgency, she takes action, but he's just seems like he's doing things without keeping her in the loop. Is this going to backfire at some point? I think it has to. He, he straight up, you know, you use the word erratic, which I think is, is a good adjective to use, but he's one of those people where, you know, Everybody has to get from A to B, right? You always have to go A to B. Some people go the right direction. Mm -hmm. Some people find the quickest way to B and don't worry about what happens in between A and B, and that's him. And so then by the time he gets to B, maybe he screwed the whole darn thing up. Yeah, I just... I mean, they're not partners, like detective partners, but they are partners in this case. Oh, like if it was... I don't know. Maybe, maybe if he was going after Sam, you know, for the fraud thing, like yeah. I, I wouldn't care if he was right. erratic. Maybe that wouldn't that wouldn't bug me the way that it does. And maybe I would be like, nah, he'll be fine. It'll, it'll all work out in the end. But mm-hmm. when you're talking about something as delicate as human trafficking, mm-hmm. just just this guy that treats people like dirt, mm-hmm. I, 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 you just you have to go A to B the right way. And I don't know. It's like run your plans by Maggie. Keep her in the loop. That's that's all I'm asking at this point. She has to know. Like yeah. this is you're and, and not the, officially, the is, but you're a team. She's not knowing anything until it's too late. It's always bad news. Oh, your witness has been shot. Oh, you, everyone's scared to talk now because we went in there all guns are blazing. You know, at the facility. You know, it's always. Some bad news. All right. Well, before we finish up, we always like to talk about our person of interest in the episode. Again, not necessarily a, a witness or a suspect, but just who do we want to talk about in the episode that just really had a an impact for us? You know, I uh, I'm gonna pick a weird one. I'm gonna pick a weird one because I think on every other day this year I would pick Griggs because of some of the stuff uh-huh. we've already talked about. Uh huh. But I'm gonna. I'm going to pick Joe, Coach Joe. I'm going to pick Joe. And the reason why, because, you know, we saw her for all of three minutes this episode. Mm -hmm. But I think it's very interesting this this tough prosecutor, okay, that we've seen in court. Now we see her on the sidelines doing the coach slash kids thing. And Mm -hmm. at the same time, still making deals with Mickey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for me, I that it just intrigues me. Because yeah. that's an interesting person that can juggle all of that while you're doing a bunch of stuff with kids and coaching a little game and blah, 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 but still handling business at the same time and almost with ease. Yeah. Finesse. So, right. So for me, that that kind of, it makes me wonder what's more to her? What else are we going to see from mm-hmm. her? What other impact might she have on other things just because of being that kind of person? Right. So I'm and- going to go there. And it's, I mean, she seems like a, a decent person. I mean, she coaches the soccer team, goodness sake, you know, but she seems fair. And I'm just, I think she's likable. I think so. I think likable and fair. I think fair, that's a yeah. good, that's a good thing. That's a good way to describe her. And I think that's, I think that's maybe why she sticks out because, you know, like in this, this episode, we have all these slime ball, shady, crazy things going on and she's very just even keel. Yeah. So that sticks out to me. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I I was thinking with her being the soccer coach, there's a good chance that we'll see her again, if not in this season, you know, season two, she could easily 
be in the story sure. again, either as a prosecutor sure. or as the coach, but sure. having that sure. second right. connection yeah. to me increases the likelihood. And I would, I would like to see more of her as well. That's a good choice. All right. I had two down and Griggs was my second. So it's interesting. We were both a lot of Griggs on the mind, but I went with Carlin and, and obviously there was a, a really bad outcome there, but he was like the, he was what we were chasing the whole episode. He's the one that got the bait, acted upon it, obviously had something to share with Mickey because he wanted right, to there's pivotal him. information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted to meet with him. So it's really disappointing all around what happened. I felt like, I felt like he had something to move the story forward Agree. in some way. And yeah, you know, we talked about all the losses and the hits in this episode. We found a few good things, silver linings, whatever. But I was like, man, I really felt like we were going to get something yep. big, yep. you know? And Took then, it right away from us. Dang it. Right away. Yeah. It wasn't even like there was a conflict and, oh, no, he can't talk. He's <laughs> right. been taken by someone right. else. I mean, he's just right. gone. Nobody's yep. talked. So, yeah, that's, that's who I'd pick. So, well, next up, next episode, episode five, I think Pete will be back with us, too. And I believe he said that was one of his favorite episodes. There's a lot going on in episode five, too. It's just a busy show. Yeah, it is. Busy, busy show. Love it. But don't tune out now because we have more Q&A with Ted Humphrey, the showrunner on The Lincoln Lawyer, coming up just after we say goodbye and some, some good discussion about different aspects of this episode from his point of view. Check it out. Anything else from you, Jay? Nope. Look forward to next time. All right. Sounds good. Bye, everybody. See you. Hey there. Thanks for coming on for this. This is a little bit across multiple episodes, but just a little bit on Lankford and his rapport with Maggie. Do we sense some kind of flirtation there or is it more of an effort to maybe undermine Mickey as her ex? It just seems like it, I'm not saying it crosses a line, like, like it's a, a problem, but it, it seems a little more interest than professional. Is that, am I on target? Um, yeah. I mean, it, the interest I think comes from his dislike of Mickey and like mm-hmm. of antagonism with Mickey. Right. Right. You know, could, it was not intended in the writing that it was a romantic thing. Mm-hmm. I could see how it could, it could play that way. But, it, you know, what was intended is to watch these two people who don't really, you know, presumably don't really know each other that well at the beginning of the season, but they're working together. And mm-hmm. then they get to know each other and, and kind of begrudgingly, especially from her to him, like each other. Yeah. And respect each other. Very interesting. Some some nuance there. And just totally shifting gears to Jerry having calls with the FBI. In that type of scenario, would the FBI have been able to share anything if they had inquired? Like, I know just speaking a little bit about another Conley universe, the Bosch universe, there's just all kinds of problems with interagency cooperation. You know, it's just sort of a thing. So is, is that sort of being highlighted here or could they really not give any information about why Jerry was talking to them? I mean, I think they could give any information they want. I think it, I think it, it's interagency, lack of interagency cooperation, or as Greg says, the feds don't share their business with us, right? Like yeah. Their attitude is we've got an investigation and we're not going to compromise it by... Right. We could, but we don't have to. Yeah. To you that we don't know if we can trust you, right? Yeah, we can yeah. if we have to, right? So the yeah. feds are kind of like a, a brick wall okay. in that way. Yeah. 
Now, a little bit about Sam Scales, another that I'm guessing maybe we could see as, as a regular. We've already seen him outside of the court. He's, well. he's a regular in the books. Yes, he is. Yes, I, I, that's why I'm kind of thinking, hmm. I'm curious from the writer's perspective, like in the writer's room, is there sort of a name for that type of character where he's doing bad things, but you kind of can't help but like him a little bit? Or I don't believe there's a name like a term of art that people use. Okay. I sometimes in my head refer to those characters as Angel. And Angel comes from Rock, the Rockford File. It comes from Stuart Margolin's character on the Rockford Files. So okay. You know, I did. I actually did see a review of the show. I believe it was um, Richard Roper in the Chicago Sun-Times who did, compared us favorably to the Rockford Files and said there was yeah. a little bit. Of, and that to me is a huge compliment. Sure. I, I grew up watching the Rockford Files and absolutely yeah. review of the Rockford Files. So, but you know, Angel was that character who was kind of a little bit sleazy and, mm-hmm. and you couldn't quite trust him and yet you sort of love him and yeah james garner never knew quite what to do with him and right but they so, serve yeah. a purpose they definitely but, serve yeah but they serve a purpose so, <laughs> so yeah okay. I, would, I would say sam scales falls into that category you know? okay okay that's interesting well look at a little bit at carlin's death was that yes. purely coincidental i mean it seemed to be clearly coincidental but i have a hard time just not believing it but that well, wow that really worked out in their favor kind of thing these people behind was, the scenes yeah it was purely it was purely coincidental but it was intended to play i mean that episode i love that story there are always things in tv shows where for various production reasons that are boring things don't quite <laughs> translate exactly as you intended them to but it was intended to be a cosmic coincidence, if you will. Okay, okay. And yeah, there's that makes a, sense. You know, there's a certain, and, and I, this is a, an element of a lot of drama that I really like and a lot of TV shows that I really like. There was a great season of Breaking Bad, if you remember, when like it started with the debris floating in the pool. Oh, in the pool, yeah. And, yeah. and, and then the whole season was about, what the heck was that? And then, yeah. you know, there was this cosmic coincidence that yeah. was caused by what Walt did that... Mm-hmm. So this was kind of intended to be something along those lines. And that was okay. the purpose behind keep, you keep running into the cops. And like, why are we watching these cops in Riverside? Who are they? What role are they going to play? And you, you're thinking, oh, they're, I see what role they're going to play. They're going to, they're going to be the element of destruction here. And then in fact, they're not, right? Like, not it, at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and the, the person who ran him down is the person that he bumps into. Outside yes. At the market. Door. Yeah. yeah. And she's always so into her phone. And she's always texting on her phone. And so, yeah. yeah, exactly. So that, no. you know, there's just this whole element of like the universe is conspiring against Mickey at this moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that, that definitely makes sense. And that was also a very effective scene. I was in one room listening with earbuds and my husband he was in the other room and I just had this audible gasp, you know, and he's like, what's wrong? You know, what happened? I mean, it just, it really, it oh, really takes you by surprise. Oh, <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. I actually really enjoyed that actor's performance too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye, Thanks, Ted. You guys. Bye.